welcome to Monday Morning Coffee, the motivating operation to start your week. Hey guys, welcome to our fourth episode. This week we're doing a Q&A. So this week we wanted to reduce our response effort because we've had a little bit of busy week. And definitely don't want to burn out. <laughs> so we're doing a Q&A on each other. So Natalie, you want to go first with your first question? Yeah. So I'm going to ask you, Christina. In regards to our first session, what mm-hmm. words would you use to describe how your first session went? <laughs> um, hectic, definitely. Hectic, confusing, scary. <laughs> uh, I think those were the top three words. Yeah, mine was definitely super loud. It was a three-hour. Yours was three hours? A three-hour session where the client was screaming most of the time. Wow. And I was just like, what do I do? I know. I'm just like, how do I keep this kid entertained for all this time and not like not let them cry or I hope they like me and the parents don't think that I'm an idiot. (laughs) That's how my first session went. Yep. Very similar. (laughs) Okay. So my question to you, um, what have you done when you didn't see eye to eye with a supervisor? Ooh. Okay. Uh, So I wasn't a therapist for very long, I don't think. So maybe Mm -hmm. a year and a half, two years. And most of my experiences were pretty good. But on the few occasions that I didn't see eye to eye with the supervisor, um, I was transparent. So it took me some time because, again, I didn't feel like I could communicate to them. So I would go home and think about it a lot. Um, But, for instance, on one occasion, I didn't feel respected by a supervisor Um, there was an intervention or a suggestion that I had made and the parent was there and she commented on it and the supervisor 100% took credit and made it seem like she came up with it and it was just very infuriating not that I wanted full credit you know we're a team and it could have been a team effort but I just felt super disrespected and I went home and was upset about it and I reached out to her and I told her how I felt And moving forward, it went great. Every time after that, it was a team um, Mm -hmm. effort, and she made that known. But yeah, my biggest advice would be be transparent and communicate your your thoughts and feelings. I agree. I I, kudos to you for saying something when you were a therapist, because that took me a long time to do, especially to the ones that were very intimidating to me. Mm -hmm. So, Christina. Must-haves as a therapist. What do these therapists need? Number one, coffee. Agreed. You need some type of energy boost because if you're going from session to session, like, kids can wear you out if you're working in the kid population. Um, Number two, water, obviously. Number three, um, if you do a lot of in-home like I do, go on Amazon uh get something called trunk organizers yes i saw that from you and so good game changer yeah uh if you don't know me personally i'm very type a i'm a very organized person so a lot of times you would just keep like bags or stuff in my trunk and then i found trunk organizers on amazon and they are lifesavers they keep all my toys organized so i just have a you know a teacher bag type of thing and i just switch out toys from client to client that's my number one and Natalie, for next question. So what's the best advice you would give to new BCABAs and BCBAs? Ooh, okay. Definitely always your best. I think we mentioned this last podcast. Be ethical. 
right? If you're not sure about something before you implement something, research, ask someone, but always do your best. Be ethical. Put your ego aside. Like, yes, you passed your certification. Now you're board certified. But that doesn't mean that you know everything. So please put your ego aside and collaborate. Uh, If there's people that inspire you, motivate you, that you want to learn from, surround yourself with those type of people. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I think I saw something um, on Instagram the other day from the Daily BA. Mm -hmm. I follow him and he put up like a sign, like the dude with the sign. And it said, um, just because you're a behavior analyst doesn't make you an autism expert. Yes. And that is so true. Or an expert on anything. Yeah. Yeah, because we're always learning. I, I always think of myself as a student no matter what. You Always. Know? Um, even though, yes, we are well versed in certain things, but the field is ever changing. Yeah, and still fairly new. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this one I guess is for both of us, but as we mentioned in another post, we both traveled with the Global Autism Project. So, Christina, do you want to say which country you went to and what was your favorite part of the experience of traveling with SkillCore? <gasps> yes. Um, so, I traveled two years ago, which is super crazy, um, in July of 2018. And I went to Jakarta, Indonesia. So I picked the farthest place to go, (laughs) Um, which was like super ahead. It took us two days to get there. And my favorite part of the whole trip um, was not only meeting the people on my team, but just working with the teachers there. I mean, I hope they listen to this podcast, this episode, and they hear that they just made an extreme impact on my life. They are women just pioneering applied behavior analysis in their country of Indonesia and they will forever inspire Mm -hmm. my whole career that was my most favorite thing just going there and being with them and collaborating with them um on their center and they taught me I think more things than I taught them it was just a great experience love it yeah and you so I traveled to Czech Republic I was in Prague um, I wanted to go to India, actually, or China, um, but I got selected to go to Czech Republic, which honestly was amazing. Same mm-hmm. thing, super inspiring. One of my favorite things, or I had a lot of favorite things, but I loved being outside of my comfort zone. I love the fact of like any expectation that I had was mm-hmm. completely eliminated because yes. you do, you go in there thinking you're going to teach them these things and da-da-da. And exactly. I, and it was the opposite. I was there and I was like, wow, like mm-hmm. the therapists don't have iPads. Yeah, they live in a different country, but mm-hmm. they had so many more resources Resources right? that I'm like, so oh, creative. what's that? What's that? I'm going to take this back. That yeah. was amazing. Mm-hmm. Using uh, Google Translate yeah. to talk to them, learning different a different language, mm-hmm. just so inspiring. But yeah. honestly, being out of my comfort zone, personal development, mm-hmm. all of the people who joined SkillCorp for this mission was just amazing overall right. loved it check out global autism project if you guys are interested Definitely. <laughs> uh, i just want to piggyback on one thing you said but that is so true i think as behavior analysts we live in such a bubble mm-hmm. in the united states and we always think we're just here in a bubble but behavior analysis is here to change the world we are world changers and it's happening in each country and people don't know this especially here in the u.s but there's not a lot of behavior analysts in each country and now with different changes with the board which that will be another topic (laughs) but um they don't have 
resources or research because everything's in English. Yeah. Like it's all just a language barrier. Can you believe that? But that's one thing that I noticed how much of game changers they are in their own country in the field of ABA just because they translate everything to their language or they also um, adhere or principles in ABA to their culture. Exactly. And it's crazy. I mean, when I was there, like, they made their own apples based on their culture and things that are important and goals to them. Like, that's amazing. So cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just the stereotypes, like, the stereotypes around developmental disabilities and mm -hmm. all of these areas in different countries right. is not as accepting mm -hmm. as it is here. Being yes. diagnosed, even being diagnosed by a doctor parents were telling us in Prague they would get fired mm -hmm. for that like mm -hmm. this mom was telling me and I was like wait what I didn't know I didn't know that at all she was sharing wow. her experience and I was like oh and people think Prague is like pretty developed I know. it's crazy but in uh, terms of ABA in terms of autism diagnosis a lot of developed countries are not same thing with France mm -hmm. same thing with uh countries in south america and it is like that around the world and just people don't know yeah yeah same um all right so next question <laughs> <laughs> what would be your backup career if you weren't a behavior analyst Ooh. okay um so i've always loved psychology my undergrad was in psychology mm -hmm. i initially wanted to be a mental health counselor but i'm a super emotional person and um, maybe i'm gonna dabble in that later yeah. on in life I, I don't like know. <laughs> uh, looking possibly if I do do a doctorate, it would probably be in forensic psychology. Go, go, go. Um, <laughs> outside of that, honestly, maybe opening like a shelter for rescue animals and then also tying some like therapeutic benefit. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's a great idea that you should do it. Now with COVID, yeah. Who yeah. knows? Maybe coming soon. <laughs> I think honestly I would be like, yeah, either a mental health counselor Maybe I'll do that on the side. I don't know. Um, or speech pathologist. I think I would still work with kids. Like, mm -hmm. I just, kids are great. Yeah. Like, I just love kids so much that I would still, I'd probably be doing speech therapy, honestly. Interesting. All right. Next question. Christina, can you share a little bit about your experience with clients, teachers, therapists within the school setting? Sure. Um, yeah, I... I don't mind the school setting. I actually really like it. There's a lot of BCBAs that come from the school setting that they were like special education teachers and then they move on to be um, BCBAs. So it's give or take sometimes. Obviously, with any type of caregiver training, you're going to have some different feedback. But I think overall, you know, I try to pair well with the teacher, not being like their best friends or anything like that. But um, I think just, you know, making it known I am there for the client. I'm there for their progress. If they need any help. I mean, when I go in a classroom, I say, hey, this is your classroom. I'm just helping in it. Mm -hmm. I'm just there for my client. And that's it. And I think when I kind of set that boundary for respect, it, they respect me even more because they're like, oh, this person's not going to come in and just change everything around. So that's been my experience. Yeah, I wanted to just say one thing at least for my experience when I was in the school setting as an analyst it was a little overwhelming just because you do see therapists from different clinics and mm -hmm. people have different opinions you make you nervous exactly <laughs> and, and also you're just seeing a lot of things that you wouldn't promote or mm -hmm. not taking data reprimanding children things like that so I just want to remind you, if you are working in a school setting and if you feel that way, if you see something, say something, mm -hmm. 
you're going to be exposed to a lot of individuals in a school setting as opposed to home or things like that. So just keep in mind, if you see something, say something. Remember, delivery is super important. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to build rapport and things like that. But the client always goes first and we do no harm. Yes, exactly. Okay, so next question for you. What is the best advice you would give to students in graduate school right now to be a BCBA? Okay, Uh, so I graduated. It's about to be two years ago, which is insane to me. It's crazy. Yeah, biggest advice would be set reminders, alarms, have a planner, put it on your computer, different methods of delivery so that you're getting reminded. Leave yourself room. So if something's due on Sunday, don't try to do it on Sunday. Leave yourself room. Always reinforce yourself. Like, don't forget to provide yourself with reinforcement. Um, Create a study group. I know this was something you're doing now that you're in grad school. Find other people that you're similar with. Create group chats. Have an accountability partner. And enjoy the ride. Before you know it, you're post two years of graduating, and it's just insane. So... That's great advice. I'm going to take all of that, Natalie. <laughs> Do it. And I guess to wrap up. Kind of. I, I have one more question. Oh, sorry. Go, go. Um, okay. So what do your family and friends think it is you do as a behavior analyst therapist? Oh. <laughs> so I have heard glorified babysitter all the time. Or they think I'm just a punching bag. So I get home and it's like, oh, did you get beat up today? And I'm like, uh, you know that I do more than just. Well, I mean, yeah. How about you? I don't think I don't think my friends still don't know what I do. I think they just know that I work with kids and you know that um, have special needs. But I really don't think they understand behavior analysis. I mean, until I get into it, then I talk kind of nerdy and stuff. Yeah, but I love it. Talk they- nerdy to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, but they know I'm a nerd and they know I'm very passionate about it. So they just listen. So shout out to my friends. Thank you. But it's more than you know, glorified babysitter. Yeah. All right, and our last question. Christina, which behavior analytic term do you relate to the most? Okay, so at first, I didn't really know what to pick, but Natalie helped me. And my term is uh, philosophic doubt because I'm like known (laughs) for always questioning everything. Like I'm always, I guess you could say stick it to the man type of thing, but... I have gotten into, um, not trouble, but I guess, like, I'm always questioning things with supervisors sometimes if I don't understand or I want to know why. So that would definitely describe things. But it's not in a bad way. It's just to understand, you know? Love it. For me, mine would be shaping. (laughs) And the quote that I always tell myself is, shape it till you make it. So great. Yeah. Honestly, I think I'm always trying to reinforce approximations of my end goal, whatever that may be, and reminding myself of that. That's awesome. I love that. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to this week. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and to follow us on Instagram at Onward Behavior. Comment on our latest post what your favorite question was so we can turn it into a future topic. Until next time, guys, keep moving onward and pay it forward. <laughs>